0: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
1: We have a little rain here in parts of the metro area. Great day to get some work done on your computer. And we have the guy for you Tech Talk, Doug the Heart, uh, joining us. And the number is on the program, 651-461-9226. Six five one four six one nine two two six. Doug, I hope you've had a good week.
2: Yeah, it's been uh, been pretty much uneventful. But I did pull up an article. I want you to take a look at it at Wired, Wired Magazine online. Sure. A, a Windows 11 automation tool can easily be used by hackers to automate and push out ransomware and keyloggers. That's not good.
1: Yeah, no, and, you know, the the thing is, is this this, this is a day-in, day-out uh, battle, and the bad guys, so to speak, are going to use any tool at their disposal.
2: Well, but to have it built into Windows.
1: Yeah. yeah. That's,
2: uh, yeah, and I understand the automation tool. i played with it. It's slick. I mean, it's really slick. I like it, but this is... Um, <laughs> This is a sign of our times. I, I, you do something good, and somebody takes it and, and perverts it. It, it just, yeah. just blows my mind.
1: And, and that that's the thing. Sometimes easier isn't better, some of these tools. I do know this, and uh, the company I work for during the week in the printing business, they've done something very wise. They are constantly uh, challenging us by sending us emails to make sure we're not clicking on Bad attachments. It is ongoing training. So those send an email that's very tempting. And then people that maybe click on it or open an attachment, uh, they get an immediate warning and and need to go through retraining. And I think that is a great Oh, that's outstanding. Oh, it's
2: outstanding.
1: Yeah. And for for home users, once again, and this, this is extremely important, You get an email with an attachment, and you're not familiar or you're a little leery. The first thing you should do is take a step back. Should I click? Don't automatically open and and click on attachment. That is really bad news.
2: That's the key right there. We as human beings, we tend to create habits, and we just operate on a subconscious level. When you say stop and take a breath and think about what you're doing, Every email should be approached with that thought in the front of your head. That, that's, that's really good advice. I love that your company is doing this. Yeah. That's that's wonderful.
1: Yeah, and I, I think it's a great idea, and it's ongoing as well. And it's, it's completely changed my habits. Now, every email I get, whether it's in my work email account or in my private email accounts, It has trained me to stop and think about it. Who's this from? What are they trying to send me? Is it a legitimate link? (laughs) Even if I get an email that looks like it's Mm -hmm. from Wells Fargo, which happens to be my bank, I don't immediately click on it and open it and dig into it. It has created a habit now for me to stop and think about it. And I, I wanted to open the show at this, Doug, because it's super important. You can cause yourself a lot of harm by clicking on the wrong thing.
2: Oh, our automated movements are probably, I'll bet you at least 70% yeah. of the cause of spreading these things. If we just stop the automatic movements and use our brains, just analyze it, take 10, 15 seconds to just, and pretty soon that gets to be a habit, and then you're safe. I don't think I've opened up a bad email in ten years.
1: Yep, and it, I I want to once again throw it out there: any email, um, e- even if it's from looks like someone familiar or someone you do business with, whether it, it, it's a bank or a retailer or a credit card company, take that second and pause. It's kind of like I, I told told my daughter when she started driving: when you get to the interstate. Certain intersections in particular, but every intersection, look before you proceed, look again. And I, I think that that is also very good advice when it comes to dealing with emails and particularly attachments associated with those emails. Especially a, attachments. Yeah, take a second look before you open that thing. Or
2: if it happens to have a link embedded in the message, sure. just right-click on that link and, and go down and select properties and take a look at the link, if it's really the link that you're seeing. They, they can't bury it completely. They can't hide where it's being directed. But, uh, again, creating the proper habits is just it's huge with computers, just huge.
1: Yeah, and, Doug, you know, I, I was thinking about it. Now, no, obviously... The, the company I work for during the week uh, has a program and they they send out these emails and they monitor it and they keep score on who's doing well. And then they, they've been able to identify the, the employees that, you know, tend to open these emails and click on the attachments, which is a major, major no-no. And then they're, you know, asked to complete more training and think more about what they did. So that's oh. all very good. But I wish there there was some way or some sort of training because we' talk about all these programs and uh all of these open source software things uh, we we bought up Provisor over the years and others mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. that are free and readily available. I wish there was some sort of service that had that type of training where they could help people learn good habits
2: just built out of the machine yeah. That's a good idea, yeah. Somebody should come up with that piece of software. That's a wonderful idea. But you know, I gotta comment to Steve. Whoever at your business came up with this deserves a raise.
1: Yeah, and, and like I say, we, we we have a pretty robust team and uh All right. and, and they it, it, it really it really has paid dividends and I like I say and and all the training I've done, for instance, through Odyssey, the parent company of WCCO Radio, mm-hmm. they have us to training of that, and it does get you to think. And I think if more users that maybe don't have that resource at work would be better computer users if they had some of those training. Some of these videos really get you to think, you know, mm-hmm. and it and it goes beyond the computer. It, it's like, for instance, you get it text, and it looks kind of familiar. You know, same deal on your smartphone. Take a minute. Figure out, is this legit? And if you have any sense that it's not legit, don't do it. Right.
2: When in doubt, don't. Yeah.
1: So, anyway, I just wanted to get that out there. I had been thinking about it. And uh, we, we get those emails from time to time. And what's great about it is you can start to spot emails that raise those red flags. Absolutely. And as, And as you pointed out, websites or, or, or links that raise red flags, that that's a very important part of the training for sure. No doubt. Uh, let's go to the text line here on the program. Uh, Doug's joining us on Tech Talk, <laughs> 651-461-9226. Uh, Doug, why is Linux so hard to set up? Is, is there an easy way to install? And uh, I'll let you jump into that because you've done a lot of those installs.
2: You know, the thing is, is it's just different. Uh, the fact that you have to create your own install media, which really is simple. That uh, You know, if anybody has trouble with that, send me an email. I'll send you five steps on how to create your USB drive. But the next issue is getting that USB drive or DVD drive to boot. You have to go into the BIOS. And the newer computers are really becoming more limited as to how they're going to bu- boot. I had a Dell last week that it's got Windows 11. The gentleman wants 10. And he actually got this computer from Dell as a replacement under a warranty. His original computer was Windows 10. He wants 10. I can't take 11 off this computer. Can't be done. I don't know how this is going to end up, but uh, there's just far too many restrictions in the new ones. But a normal machine, three, 2, 3 years old, you get into the BIOS, you direct it, to boot to the USB, you can use a product uh, called um, um, Belina that will create a USB by doing nothing more than selecting the file and having a USB in the drive. It's done. Flash the drive and you're ready to go. From that point, like Linux Mint and Peppermint, Peppermint is doing really good work, by the way. It's just follow the instructions. Just select the defaults. You really don't have to know anything anymore. And with Linux Mint, if you want to keep your Windows installation as well, it'll actually automatically create a dual boot. It's much easier than you think. I think that people get in a hurry, and they don't read everything. It's simple, but you got to read it. you got to follow the instructions. Yep. Much, much simpler than most people think.
1: You now, Doug, uh, follow-up to this, and I don't think we've ever talked about it on the program. Can I buy a computer with Windows not on it and just start with linux
2: oh there's computers being sold that come pre-installed with linux
1: oh wow Uh, okay yeah you're
2: uh, you're gonna find them more in uh, the eu the uk germany um not so many here
1: but but why not
2: oh i think it has to do with microsoft contracts i know that there was a time that that dell wanted to sell a computer with uh, ubuntu installed and they had a little controversy with microsoft I do know for sure that HP has several available. Uh, as far as operating systems here in the U.S., I think Microsoft and Apple would prefer to keep it just them. But that's not good business in my opinion. And I don't think it's sustainable long term. Uh, people start to question, well, what are your motives? Why, do you have to be that greedy? Why can't I have two operating systems on a computer? It'd be no different than you and I going down buying a stereo take it home, I want to listen to jazz, and all I'll play as country western. It's just, I just think that that's far too much control for a manufacturer to have.
1: Yeah, and I've always wondered that. Why can't I just go go buy a machine or go online and and order a machine off the shelf with linux preinstalled and everything I need to get started w- without Microsoft or some sort of operating system we We do talk about Chromebooks and how easy they are, but mm-hmm. if if you wanted to work outside of you know Google Chrome and that 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 environment or you wanted to work outside of Windows, why not just buy a machine and put Linux on it from the get go seems like a good idea to me it is
2: um and I don't know if it's still true, but years ago, any store that had a had a, a resale license with Microsoft that sold computer parts, if we went into the store and we bought a processor, a motherboard, and a hard drive, just those three components, and they said, "Well, you better buy a, a copy of Windows." No, I'm gonna put Linux on this. They still sent Microsoft thirty some dollars in anticipation that we were lying. I don't know how they got that done. Again, I don't know if it's still in place today, but some of their licensing is uh, questionable.
1: Yeah. Uh, quick break. We have more tech talk coming up. Doug is joining us on this Saturday. And by the way, we'll have Doug's phone number and email at the end of the program. But our phone number and text line is the same 651 461 9226. And, of course, that is the City's One Plumbing Talk and Text Line, 651-461-9226. And we'll be right back here at News Talk. e 3 w Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
0: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy.
1: 20 to 10, spoiling homecoming. Gophers fall to 4 and 1. Once again, Purdue beats Minnesota 20 to 10 today. Ooh, tough day for the Golden Gophers in Dinky Town. All right, let's get back to Tech Talk. By the way, our number 651 461 9226. 651 461 9226. And that is good for a call or a text here on the program. And by the way, the City's One Plumbing Talk and Text Line is available. Good time to get it. We, we always get overloaded with calls and texts at the end of the program. We're up against the news, and we can't get to all of those. So and now is a good time. Um, what what I'm people are wondering about is uh, the security of certain apps. And I think this is a very good text that um, – you know, if you have an iPhone, you you go to the uh, App Store and you, you you download an app. How do you know it's legit?
2: You don't. It's um. That's a huge question. And for me, I really am selective about what I'll add to my phone, and I do it through the Google Store because I got an Android. I might be moving to Apple, by the way. Oh. Um. But you, as soon as I saw the disclaimers, we're not responsible, and. Like Firefox now, they will actually review many of the extensions and add-ons that you can add, and if they approve it, I'll go with that. They're taking responsibility, saying, yep, we believe in this, we've tested it, you're good to go. I think there needs to be more accountability to this as well. And part of the problem is, I think that if these people do something bad, and they do it in such a way that it's difficult to prove for a $4 sale price... There's not going to be much attention put to this, but let's face it, if a million people download that four dollar app, that's a lot of money yeah, and that four million people can cause a lot of damage on the internet, as you know. we're all one big happy network. We all need to be responsible and accountable
1: yeah and you know- another one that that's come up, and we we had a conversation about um all of the ways now that uh, you, you can pay online. PayPal's been around a long time. Uh, there, There's Apple Pay. There's there's things like Venmo where you can Venmo money. I, I've done that before. Uh, mm-hmm. you, usually it's for uh, fantasy football entry fee, that sort of thing. But it, the, with, with all those different ways, I, I still go back to PayPal. It's been around a long time. Yeah. Been, been a pretty good way to go. If you're going to use that sort of thing.
2: You know, PayPal has probably saved me $20,000 over the
1: years. Oh, wow.
2: They're a little bit different. They actually will act as kind of like an intermediary. They take the money, and they hold it, but they keep everything open. Um, I was trying to sign up with a software company that was going to repair computers online for a flat fee. You sign up, you go online with this, thing, and they wanted to... Um, uh, $15,000 to have a lifetime membership. Yep. And it took me a long time, but I bit the bullet and I did it. I paid the 7500 half the fifteen, through PayPal. And two days later, the gentleman from Israel that I was dealing with sends me an email and says, I thought you were going to do this. I, well, I did, I sent it. It took like three days to discover that the money was out of PayPal and he hadn't gotten it. It had gone through two separate bank exchanges going between countries. And the two in between, his country and the U.S., they were blaming the other guy for having the money and not releasing it. Uh. Just go, I called PayPal, talked to him on the phone. Two hours later, my money was returned, and one of the bank exchanges were no longer able to do business in the United States. They have some serious power. They really do. I also like Google Pay. I think you're safe with that. I think you're safe with Apple. Uh, They're going to monitor things from a perspective of their reputation. And I think that's important. But these brand new ones, they come out, and even if they are trying to do the exact right thing, sometimes they have a problem, and you don't want to be putting all your eggs in one basket, that's for sure. PayPal, in my opinion, is the safest way to go. People can complain about what they cost, and it's really not that much more money. I like the security and the safety. I generally keep a balance in my PayPal, too, which helps. Because if I pay for something and it's on a balance, there's no waiting for the clearing of my bank and the, the three-day float here and the two-day float there. The vendor gets paid right away, and it gets shipped out just as fast as if I did put in a normal credit card. But that safety factor is huge.
1: Yeah. I have never lost
2: a dispute with PayPal,
1: never. Well, and the, the thing about PayPal, and over the years i bought some things on eBay. Um, I, I'm not a huge eBay uh, shopper, but mm-hmm. when I do, that, that's where I was introduced and I still use it there. Like uh, when I bought various audio equipment and so on and so forth, or I needed something uh, for my daughter when she was down in college to get her room outfitted. It really is a good resource, and uh, eBay has done a nice job over the years. But I think eBay, in combination with PayPal, you you can remain relatively anonymous and know that these transactions have some security and there are some protections. And that's that's saying something in this day and age on the Internet. That's exactly right.
2: And, you know, we saw eBay really kind of lose market share, with amazon because amazon doesn't do paypal and they don't like the ebay but i've noticed a trend about the last year and a half or so the prices on amazon are going up people are having some extra how do i say some additional issues with vendors outside of the of the amazon family sure and it's driving business back to ebay they're coming back i don't think you can count them out for one minute there it's a strong organization and I like the fact that they work from a point of honor and justice, and the two of them together, tough to beat.
1: Yeah, and, uh, and I, just a, a final thought: you brought up Google Pay and Apple Pay, and we brought up PayPal. There, there are other services, financial institutions. One back in the day, you and I talked about, you know, credit cards. If if you want to do transactions online, um, they, they'll give you. Uh, virtual numbers, if you will, that are still tied to your account. So there is that extra layer. Generally, with with reputable retailers, I feel pretty good uh, uh, about using my credit card direct with with the idea that if there is a dispute, I have a long enough track record with my credit card company where I'm going to say, hey, it didn't go that way, I didn't get my stuff, or "I, I returned it and I didn't get a credit they will generally go to bat with you. But, but once again, it, it, it's one of those things where you want to think about it and tread lightly. And some transactions, ha- having something like PayPal or another one of those pay services, as you pointed out, as an intermediary, can be very helpful. Oh, it's a godsend.
2: It yeah, really is. Absolutely. Uh, the one major thing that people, I think, need to really keep in mind, if you're going to be putting a credit card on the Internet to buy something, it really should never be a debit card. They no, don't no. have the same protections as a normal credit card for online. I don't know why that is. Yeah. I, I You know, and to me, well, you know, this, this business over here just, just took off, like what, $20,000 from so many people. I don't understand that. Every network packet on the Internet is tracked. In my blue-collar brain, I think, well, if we got a bad actor out there, he ought to be in jail within an hour.
1: Yeah,
2: But in yeah. a perfect world, you know.
1: Yeah, and, and you'll have to check with your individual bank on, on how that works and the difference between debit cards or, you know, your cash card, if you will. Well, it's and, pretty bizarre. Yeah. and Nobody and wants to take
2: responsibility you. for a problem.
1: Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Quick break. Uh, we're going to come back. We'll have an update on the weather. More tech talk. Here's that number again. If you want to call or text the program, it's easy, 651-461-9226. Six five one four six one nine two two six. That is the city's one plumbing talk and text line here on News Talk E three O W C C O Tech Talk here on a Saturday. Steve Thompson, Doug Swinahart, and by the way, Doug's phone number and email coming up at the end of the program. Uh, Here's the way you can reach us, and that is uh, send us a text or call six five one. Four six one nine two two six. That is the city's one plumbing talk and text line here on News Talk eight three zero WCCO. And uh, Doug, just to follow up, uh, and this is uh, debit cards. Uh, they this this is from our text line. I I haven't looked it up, but they said they do have the same protection. If there's fraud on your debit card, there's something called Regulation E from the federal government. I believe 30 days to report the fraud to the bank and they must refund the money back to you. So I, I've never heard of that. So I was just
2: involved with this and I got exposed a little bit to this. The, the, there's things built into this that make it so it's not as effective as it should be. Um, I did business with a company and ordered product because it was like really cheap and got it. In fact, I ordered more than once over a period of, I don't know, a year or so. And all of a sudden on my credit card, I see three charges for subscriptions for guns and Liberty and something else. And I tried to back out of them. I couldn't get out of them because I had done business with that business previously. Nobody would lift a finger. Now, if you had a credit card, that would have been different. So I'm I, there's some other things that are kind of kinky involved in that
1: yeah and he, he, here's the thing i generally um th- th- this is just what i have heard um and it would be interesting to get someone on who you know has a financial background to talk about this but but generally for anything i do online um it, it would be a credit card or it would be one of those other services we talked about like exactly. PayPal or Apple pay uh, haven't used Google Pay, but my point being is is that t- to me with, with something particularly that that debit card or I call it an ATM card, you Correct. go to an ATM and get cash out. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm pretty selective on how I use that. Oh, that me too. Instrument. Uh, yeah, I a, that
2: that's the last time I'll do anything online with that card. I buy gas, possibly a grocery store. That's it.
1: Yeah. Uh, from our text line. Uh, dual boot uh, with Windows 11 and Ubuntu 22.04. Uh, Windows 11 boots in 10 seconds. Ubuntu boots in uh, about three minutes. What could be going on with that? Well, uh,
2: this individual has allowed Microsoft to maintain control of the boot sector. And, uh, to install Windows 11 side-by-side with Linux and have Linux take control of the boot sector it's that's no easy chore now keep in mind you know microsoft is going to do everything they can see what they did they actually are running linux underneath windows should in my opinion should be the other way around but it's not easy to do that now if they got a powerful machine they can actually install strictly linux on that computer and then once it's up and running Download VirtualBox from Oracle. You know that small little company in downtown Minneapolis, right? Uh, It's open source, free of charge. And then you can install Windows inside a VirtualBox. And these newer machines, you won't even know you're running layered operating systems. If they got decent power and enough memory, just rock and roll.
1: Yeah. All right. Very good. Um, And the, the advantage is people hear dual boot and... Uh, some people are like, oh, what, what, what exactly does that mean? Is it just two separate operating systems? Are they split up, or is the hard drive partitioned? How does that work?
2: Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, the hard drive is partitioned, and once you get to the boot menu, hopefully it's a, a Linux boot menu, you select the operating system. I tell people that you got to think of that computer at this point as two computers, not just one. Uh, now, when you're in Linux, if it's set up properly, You have full access to the files and data on the Windows side. Windows, not so much. So you can't run Windows programs from within Linux. Well, some of them you can. But most of the time, you want to keep them separate. The nice thing about that is several things. First of all, if you are keeping your data current in both operating systems, you automatically got a backup. Of course, it's all on the same machine. Still should have Google or iCloud, or some other off-site, plus another hard drive in my opinion. But that really is handy, because if bad at the last minute something goes wrong, you flop over to the other operating system, your data's there, and you get your job done, and then go correct it. Yeah, it's, um, it's, a dual boot is a little bit more complex to set up, but there's so much information out there. And many, many software packages that you can download and use, to create a boot manager, doesn't have to be done all in raw code. There's just it's coming. I I love to see where the software and operating systems are headed. I think it's going to get much much easier for users in the near future.
1: Yeah, and it, it, it all it all gets back to the the discussion we, we've had many times before about the ease and convenience of what I call. Uh, an internet appliance, and I know that's not totally fair, but I, I think when when you talk about Chromebooks, it's so easy. Right. You, you get a Gmail account. You you buy a Chromebook. You you log in. You get on the internet. You do what you need to do. Dunzo, and I, I am very impressed by it. I I still am the ease of use. That there, there is there isn't a lot of things fooling around. To, to be honest, Doug, other than cleaning up some things that I download onto the small hard drive, and it isn't very much, uh, some small audio and video files, but that that's it.
2: Right, they're maintenance-free.
1: Um, th- and th- that's the beauty of it.
2: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and Google knows exactly what they have. They're starting to expand that operating system now. So it, I foresee the day where you're going to be able to get almost any software for a Google, for a Chromebook or a Chromebox that you can get for any other PC, Linux, Mac, Apple, it don't matter. I, they, they know what they have. I think by utilizing and merging the Chrome operating system with the Android operating system, and they seem to be having, they're quiet, but they seem to be running into more challenges than they had anticipated. When those two merge, we're going to see some other things starting to converge as well. That's going to be huge. Absolutely. You're going to take a Chromebook and turn it into a mainstay computer at that point. In my opinion, we'll have to wait and see. But that's what I foresee to, that that's our future.
1: But in, in in general, it's everything I need. Um, and and the, the peace of mind comes from this. If once again I spilled my diet coke on this particular Chromebook, and there, there's no, you know it's destroyed. I spilled the diet coke; it, it's it's ruined, or or I drop it and it's not salvageable. I just go buy another one and log back on, and all my yep. everything I need, and and that goes since since we're using you know a a, a Google platform at work as mm-hmm. well. All my work stuff is there. Yeah. I'm not married to the hardware in any way, shape, or form, and, and to me that's very liberating.
2: If nothing else, that has reduced your overall maintenance labor a, a ton. Because when well, you save something up there, where you got, you got it, no matter where you go. In fact, if something happened to your machine, you wouldn't even have to go buy a new one. You can walk up to any computer, log on to your Gmail account, well, you're back sure. in business.
1: Yeah, and and once again, that that is a great feeling. That hey, if if it gets stolen or, or damaged, no big deal. Where in the past, it was catastrophic.
2: Yeah. To, well, to, and that's part, of, that's part of the thing, too, that I think we should probably put a little emphasis on in the future. People with Gmail accounts, I wish I had a dollar for everyone that has never opened up Google Apps. They don't know that there's a full-blown word processor there. Spreadsheet, photo storage, contact management. Scheduling, but the thing is just packed. Well, you you're familiar with Google Apps. You, I know you work with them a lot. So, but if if people saw this, they go, "Well, why would I have to buy that? Why would I have to?" It's all there.
1: Yeah. That's and, a sweet system. Yeah, and once again, when when you're trying to hit uh, the easy button, mm-hmm. uh, so to speak, hard to beat. Quick break. We'll come back. A tech Talk continues. Still time if you have a text or a call. Six five one. 461 9226 the City's one plumbing talk and text line here on News Talk. E30WCCO. Waning moments of tech talk on this Saturday. And sports schedules permitting, we're on the air each and every Saturday between two and three o'clock here on News Talk. a 30 wcco And uh, Doug, not a lot of time to be fair, but uh, we had a little rain moving through. It's going to get cooler. Uh, time to do a little maintenance, real quick. Uh, what what recommended maintenance? What program would we use to get that computer tuned up today?
2: Well, I'm gonna once again. I gotta I gotta tell it out. Per, Privazer, p r i v a z e r dot com. That is a utility every Windows computer should have. And if they have some extra time want to do a little research, they can go to GitHub, G e t u b. And search the things that are being developed. Wonderful products up there. Absolutely the best you can find.
1: All right. Uh, spell that one again. Uh, a, a good Good computer tune-up today if you have a Windows machine.
2: P-R-I-V-A-Z, like zebra, dot com. That
1: is a good one. All right, Doug, uh, we've got to run. Your phone number, your email.
2: Uh, thank you. 651. 651- Five five two nine five four three, and, of course, admin at wccotech.com, wccotech.com, 651-552-9543. Have a good week, Steve, and thank you.
1: Yeah, you as well, Doug. Talk to you in one week here on News Talk, eight three zero wcco uh, Always great to chat with Doug. Thanks for all the calls and texts today on the program. We'll do it again in one week. Tough day. For the Golden Gophers, they get beat by Purdue at the U 20-10. They fall to 4-1 and one on the season after four dominant victories. They stub their toe big time. We'll have more on that following that news and weather at 3 here on CCO.